We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into the Maggie and Perloff show, CBS Sports Radio. Of course, you can find us on YouTube as well. I am manning the East Coast office here. It is 56 degrees and overcast. We're really bummed about the weather. But Maggie Gray escaped to the West Coast to sun herself. What's it like out where you are right now, Maggie? (laughs) Well, I came to San Francisco, so it's also about 56 degrees and overcast (laughs) and raining. But I'm holding it down at (laughs) 95.7, the game in San Francisco, who have been awesome to me, Perloff, and they are so psyched about the 49ers and the playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks. But that's not where the drama is right now, right? The drama with the 49ers will happen this offseason. What do they do with their quarterback situation? The drama with the California teams is all about the Los Angeles Chargers and the fact that Mike Williams has been ruled out of the wild card game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel like my head's going to explode. How could anybody trust Brandon Staley to make a decision with the betterment of his team in his hands now that Mike Williams has a small fracture in his back. You can make an argument that Mike Williams is like the third most important person to that Chargers offense behind Justin Herbert and whether you want to say like an offensive lineman or like Eckler. He is so important to what they do. He's already had some injuries this year that forced him to only play in what, 13 games or something? The fact that Williams is out there, I'm apoplectic. I'm not even a Chargers fan and this bothers me so much. You do know that if Mike Williams was playing, the odds of him getting hurt in the first quarter were somewhere around 75%, right, Maggie? I mean, Mike Williams is always hurt. Beyond the point. And also, Brandon Saley, people want it both ways. They're killing the Cowboys for not showing up against Washington, but they're killing the Chargers for playing their starters to try and get momentum. There was a reasoning behind that. I'm actually rooting for Brandon Staley. I like rooting for him hard this week. I actually like Doug Peterson and the Jags as well. But I want to see Brandon Staley get out of this jail he's created for himself by playing his starters. Because I feel like, you know, I've been sticking up for Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys all week long, and that's been hard to do. I'm not going to lie to you. I've not gotten positive reaction to that <laughs> It's a stance. lonely place. It's but lonely. I want to stand up for Brandon Staley. First of all, he's a nice, seems like a nice guy. Okay, boo. Yes. He's gotten his team to the playoffs. And I'm sorry, I think, just like Dallas, I think people overrate this Chargers roster. I don't think they're that great. I think he might be a good coach because they never have their guys. They ne- they're playing without Mike Williams this weekend. Guess what, Maggie? They're used to that. That's every game. It's not every game. Mike Williams made actually one of the possibly one of the most important catches for the Chargers this season against the Tennessee Titans that set up the game-winning field goal so that they actually started to separate themselves a little from the Jets and some of the other teams that were jockeying for the playoffs in the AFC. And he's a guy who's on every level, right? He's a threat. And yeah, he doesn't have a lot of touchdowns this year, and I know that he's been injured. But you're now going into this game, which, by the way, you're favored for two and a half points on the road, and you don't have nearly your complement, and we all know that the team looks a lot different when Mike Williams isn't there. Like, all due respect to Keenan Allen, I don't think Keenan Allen is keeping defensive coordinators up at night in the same way that Mike Williams is. And, like, here's the thing about Staley. You want to say congrats, you made the playoffs. I mean, you have one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. 
you have a roster that, yeah, maybe is a little top-heavy, but this is this is a good roster that should mm. definitely be a playoff team, Perloff. You can't give them pats on the back just for making it in a seven te- when seven teams make it out of the AFC. Of course Justin Herbert should be in the playoffs. Yeah, he should, but, I mean, listen, he's lost so many players to injury. And Mike Williams, Mr. Great Mike Williams, so good. He's very good in the red zone. But watch a highlight reel of Mike Williams. If you ever see him more than four inches away from the cornerback covering him, it'll be a miracle. He is so slow for a wide receiver, Maggie. In fact, that whole team is incredibly slow around Justin Herbert. I don't even blame Brandon Staley. Why did they build such a bunch of dinosaurs around uh, Justin Herbert? I think they need to reinvent that whole team, get speed in there. In fact, I'm not going to say it's a rebuild. I would do a partial rebuild around Justin Herbert, and I'm fine with Brandon Staley. The team plays hard for him. Yes, that was a mistake, no doubt. I'm not sticking up for that. But I, I don't think that there's this great loss with Mike Williams that you think it is. Okay, well, he even so say, you know, he's slow or whatever. He's good with those 50-50 balls. So even if he doesn't have separation, he's one of those guys where I, I trust Mike Williams in a 50-50 scenario. You're and a playoff I like- team and you're relying on a 50-50 ball? Watch Joe Burrow and watch... They're really good. Watch Mahomes. They're throwing to open guys. That's okay, how well, football is supposed to work. Okay, but I, it's not their fault that their offensive coordinator is like a no. That's awful. roster. That's roster. There, there are nine receivers in Kansas City faster than the fastest guy in Los Angeles. Okay, so they do need some more speed. I'll, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I mean, DeAndre Carter is probably going to have to you know carry some load this week. But I guess like my thing is. For Staley's decision-making, like even if you win this game, I think you could say I you don't trust the process by which he played against the Denver Broncos. And, by the way, because it's a fracture, a small fracture in Mike Williams' back, even if you win this game against Jacksonville, which they might do, you're not getting him back at all. Say, say somehow the Chargers were going to go on a run here and Herbert's going to have like this massive step forward in terms of like the national NFL conversation. You, you just basically tied one hand behind his back. What kind of coach? It, it, and, and it's your and you're responsible because it was your decision. Like, I don't know how he lives this down. And I don't. And if they lose, I think he's out. They could they could say the offensive coordinator is definitely gone. And I think the coach could be going with him. And then now if you're Sean Payton, that's a no-brainer to me. Mm. If all of a sudden the Chargers becomes open, whether it's Denver or whatever, if I'm Payton and they're going to offer me that job, I'm going with Justin Herbert. I'm hitching my wagon to him. And who's Justin Herbert throwing to in the future? You can't – I mean, Keenan Allen, come on. Rosters can change. Rosters can change. Uh, Mike Williams, come on. I mean, that was a – it's been kind of a failed experiment. You're right. He's great when he's on the field. I, I don't know. Also, Joey Bosa wasn't there this year. They still won 11 games, Maggie. I mean, that's impressive to me. Their best player. Can you imagine the Niners without their Bosa brother? The Chargers still hung in there without theirs, which is incredible. Yeah, the other thing, too, Sean Payton, you know, you're going to talk about The Chargers are, in my opinion, do not have a well-thought-of ownership group. Mm. Whereas the Broncos, I think, is very exciting to many coaches. Yes. There might be a differentiation in... Like checkbooks there. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I think the Walmart people probably have like several more zeros on the end of their bank accounts than I think. Uh, I think the Walmart. Sam- I think they might be LA. have more money than the rest of the owners combined. I They're, thought you were going to say than God. They might they, have more money than God. <laughs> I think I saw the ownership group worth sixty five billion. Are all the other owners together worth sixty five billion? <laughs> I, I actually, I'm being serious. No, I, I think that's a fair question. I don't know how much like an Arthur Blank is worth, but. I think Denver is a great place to live, and you have that ownership group, and you have a, you kind of have some talent there. I don't know. The Chargers are complicated. And, and the Chargers ever competed for the top coaches? 
No. Well, no, no, but I mean, Justin Herbert is 24 years old as opposed to a 33-year-old Russell Wilson yeah. who's getting paid everything. I mean, I, Herbert, to me, it's the no-brainer. I mean, we've talked to Ryan Leaf, our buddy, about Herbert and just how his talent is better. He'd put it up against any quarterback in the league, and he's so young. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to start to pay him, which, you know, changes things about how much money you have to allocate to the rest of the roster. But uh, I, I'm I'm going with Herbert if I was Sean Payton. That's if this job becomes open. And I think Mike Williams being out just gave ownership. If you're Brandon Saley, you just gave ownership a reason to fire you on the spot. And that's the last thing you want going into a game with one of the lowest point spreads this weekend. Everyone is expecting this is going to be a super tight game. So, you know, the Bengals could have fired Zach Taylor when he was 4-12. and 12. And they didn't. And Zach Taylor and Brandon Saley, for all intents and purposes, are the exact same person. They look exactly the same. They talk. Oh, one's and offense and one's defense. They're they, totally different. Well, yeah, but they were both level two quarterbacks in college. They were almost, they're literally the same person. I, I've, one of them walked in your studio right now. You wouldn't know which one. <laughs> Just because they look alike doesn't mean they're the same person. I think Zach Taylor looks like Vince Lombardi compared to Brandon Staley. I mean, it's 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 wild. And the I thing get is, out of here. Staley, you probably called for Zach Taylor's job when they were terrible before because nobody, no, everybody did. Well, and I, I still don't know actually how good a coach Zach Taylor is, but I know that he's done a really good job hiring other coaches because their defensive coordinator is one of the reasons why they got to the Super Bowl last year and what they did against Mahomes in the second half of that AFC Championship game, and he and, and they're excellent. So. You know, kudos for him for hiring better than Brandon Staley has also. So Zach Taylor, was a, was he at Texas Tech? I'm trying to remember where he played. They, uh, they were middling, middling. Okay. He was at Nebraska as a backup. And meanwhile, Brandon Staley was starting at Dayton. I And they came out at the exact same year. They're very similar. My point is, give these young coaches a chance. I think stability is important for a franchise. I would, if I'm the Chargers and you can't get Sean Payton, maybe Sean Payton's a little bit of a... Uh, a problem, but if there's just you're choosing the top coordinator, there is an argument to be made for continuity. Uh, maybe not on the offensive coordinator side, but when they, you're making decisions are, like this, this is what you want for one, continuity. Okay, yeah, okay. If that's who you can never ever go back to playing your starters in week 18, you're saying you should never do it once you've clinched. And you clinched before. I know you said that they all warmed up, so they had to get out there. Once you once you were solidified into that fifth spot, and there was no chance that that outcome of the game was not going to determine anything for you. You take a guy who had only played 13 games that season, or 12, I guess, going into that game, and you take Joey Bosa, and you take anyone else who'd have a hangnail, let alone the possibility for a back injury, and you tell them, we'll see you next week. Take a seat, grab a Gatorade, and enjoy the view. So what happens if they did that and lost and everybody would be like, oh, you, you know, this you did a Peyton Manning Colts and you got the team super rusty. Everyone would understand. Like, hey, this guy's been battling an injury. We're going to sit him this week. Be like, yeah, that's actually really smart. I mean, that I, I can't imagine the defense for playing him. Brandon Staley said some gobbledygook this week. It didn't mean anything. You know, talking about momentum, well, it, that backfired on you because you lost the game. You didn't even win against the Broncos. It's doubly bad. You played your guys who are injury prone. They both got nicked up. Williams worse than Bosa, and then you didn't even win the game. Well, Congrats. Chase Daniel was most of the second half, so that's... Even, so, Her, so Herbert played into the third quarter. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So, 
okay, so who cares if they won or lost? You're right. You can't say that. You can't say that they shouldn't have played Mike Williams and then say they didn't build momentum. The point is, to, no, no, no. The Cowboys thing is different, Pearl. Yeah. The Cowboys thing was different because yeah. the Cowboys at the time they played. I know that the Eagles were massive favorites over the Giants, but they're technically, technically, they were still alive at the time they were playing 1 o'clock Eastern to try and win the NFC East. That was still on the table. The Chargers, when they kicked off at 425, nothing was on the table for them. I I totally understand. But... I don't know. Some coaches like to get momentum. Some some coaches start a week 18. He's not the only coach who's ever done this. And also those players probably asked to play. I'm sure Mike Williams has some contract reasons he wanted to be out there. I'm sure he <laughs> demanded. That's why you're the coach. You're the one who's got to be the adult <laughs> in the room. Be like, you know what? Is this important, this meaningless week 18 game against a team that's uh, the Broncos? Or, I don't know, next week when we play Jacksonville for, you know, a win-or-go-home playoff situation. Well, I mean, yeah, but coaches want to hook up the players with the contract situations. You see that all over the league. That's important. But what's more important, like, I don't think any, and even a player, that would tell you a lot about, and we, first of all, we don't even know if Mike Williams, this is even part of it, this is speculation on, on our part, 100%, but if you have a player who says, I would rather get a contract, uh, hit a bonus, even though it's going to risk my health in the playoffs, I don't want that player on my roster anyway. One more question. If yeah. Brandon Saley wins this game, uh, his decision was just as awful, so you would still think that they should move on. Definitely. The process is flawed. Like that we talk all the time about process versus results and coaches yeah. love to spout this, right? What, the what process. If it was two games. <sighs> two games might be hard. You make it to the AFC championship game, that's gonna be hard. Hard hard, but I mean, if you're the owner, you would still let him go. I I don't I do not like that situation. If you, do you think they're making it to the AFC championship game? No, I mean they are favored this weekend. They could win this game. It's gonna be tough. And then, let's see, they're like five seeds, so they would face uh, the Chiefs. Yeah. Which that, they always play tough. That could be a, one of those divisional games. No, Listen, I, okay. I don't think they're okay, making so the Okay, so maybe that's the exception. You have to make it to the AFC Championship game is probably the only way you'd keep your job if I own the Chargers. You're going to fire a coach whose best offensive weapon is injured if he doesn't get to the AFC title Yeah, because game? he injured him. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I set that one up for you. <laughs> he uh, didn't injure him? Oh, my gosh. Yes, he he basically did. Those bl- blood is on his hands. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So that's just the latest of what's going on with the playoffs. So we had to start with that because Mike Williams being out is obviously a massive blow in what is a game that should be very, very exciting on Saturday night. We've got so much more to get to. We are previewing every single game on Super Wild Card Weekend today, and we want you to be a part of it at 855-212-4CBS. Is Brandon Staley coaching for his job now that Mike Williams is out? I would say even before Mike Williams was out, but what a blow now. And I know there are still Chargers fans in San Diego. I know we're on in San Diego. I'd love to hear for some Chargers, hear from some Chargers fans, but you're welcome to weigh in on anything that has to do with Super Wild Card Weekend. We've got Sean Payton news for you. We've got Aaron Rodgers news for you. Off. We've got it all. We're on youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Come on inside. Come on in the chat. Perloff and I are in there going back and forth with all of our listeners. We love it. Got a big, big, big show for you. Stick around. Again, 855-212-4CBS. It is Maggie and Perloff. We're back after this. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This NFL postseason, every Westwood One NFL broadcast streams live for free. The wildcard round, the divisional round, the AFC and NFC championship games, the Pro Bowl game, and the Super Bowl LVII, also known as 57. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. It's all sponsored by AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your check engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. All right. I'm on, I'm on a hill here defending Brandon Staley. I think I'm the only one. Uh, and Mike <laughs> so, McCarthy. This is a, it's a heavy lift for me, Maggie. But call us if you have any thoughts on how my guy Brandon Staley survives this mess. 855-212-4CBS. <laughs> 855-212-4227. The Chargers are 10-7, and 7, Maggie. They're in the playoffs. When did we start winding to fire playoff coaches? And why are the expectations so high for him? I understand Dallas. A little bit, but I can't. The Chargers have never done anything. Why have all of a sudden you have to get to the championship game for the Chargers to keep a job? I mean, do we, do you really need to you know ask that question? Herbert changed everything, and he fell right into their lap. And when Miami took Tua, and then they made the trade for Khalil Mack. Obviously, Bosa was already there. They gave Derwin James all that money. Oh, I mean, okay. I, can, I mean, come on. Derwin James and Bosa, how many combined games have they been on the field together? Well, that's been unfortunate, but Herbert changed everything. I'm surprised you can't see that. Well, I mean, Lamar Jackson's a great quarterback, and John Harbaugh's gotten nowhere with him. Does that mean John Harbaugh should be on the hot seat? Oh, I don't know about Harbaugh being on the hot seat, but I feel like Lamar gets criticized for that, without a doubt. Can his style win a playoff game? Do they need to change offensive coordinators? We talk about that all the time with Lamar. Yeah, but the head coach is... Fine. BC has a resume of success. <laughs> but there are a lot of good quarterbacks who haven't won in the playoffs. I mean, let's see. Who are the top quarterbacks? Hmm. Mahomes has <laughs> won. Burrow has won. Josh Allen has arguably been a disappointment. And nobody, everyone loves Sean McDermott. Well, uh, okay. And what's going to happen if the Bills don't make it to, I would say, at least the AFC Championship game, if not the Super Bowl? I don't think there'll be a single person calling for his job. Well, maybe not Sean McDermott's job, but also they've already been to an AFC Championship game. You know, like you you can see the progress there. And they took a super raw Josh Allen and turned him into one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, that's a lot of Josh Allen on his own, but that's like something you can see the progress there. This is now Justin Herbert, first yes. time in the playoffs, and because that's of progress. your bonehead he decision, he's not going to have his best weapon on the field. But he didn't make the playoffs last year, made the playoffs this year despite being the second most injured team in the entire NFL. I feel like that's got to count for something. I feel well, like they could do worse. 
let's go back. Last year, they probably should have made the playoffs, except for a couple bad Brandon Staley decisions in the winner-take-all game against the Raiders. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to defend him for that game. But <laughs> it's last, impossible. Year they were, last year, they were an even bigger mess. Last year, I remember there were guys who just, they were down to such a skeleton roster. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm going to stick with Brandon Staley. I'm going to be the guy, I'm going to be a coach defender, especially if you make the playoffs. And this should not be such a hard job. If you make the playoffs, you're safe. That should be a rule, Maggie. No? Definitely not. Definitely not. There's there's always extenuating circumstances. Hey, is uh, Stu, is Tracy in Portland still on the line? I can't see it on my call screener. Okay, let's go to the phones. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let's hit Tracy. How you doing, Tracy? I'm good. How about you folks? We're doing great. What do you have on the Chargers? Well, I'm going to defend Brendan Staley. So uh, Let's go, Tracy. All right. So here we go. Uh, Mike Williams has always had injury issues, and his back has been one of those. So the question is, how healthy was he going in? Did he miss a lot of practices? Uh, remember, even practices get to be fairly serious. They they play almost you know full speed. Um, and let me also point out that as an example, Tom Brady has tried to adjust to the different receivers that he has. And he's done well, of course, with Godwin, but it's always kind of been a struggle. And you have to figure out how do you find those people with the types of passes that they're going to handle well. Mike Williams was doing nothing, and then the last game of the year, all of a sudden, the All-Stars showed up again. I say that Keenan Allen has always been a move-of-the-sticks kind of receiver. When you look at Mike Williams, it's a different kind of throw when you're trying to get it to him. Like Maggie said, um, it's 50-50, but those kinds of throws take practice. They have to keep them so that they've got that touch and they know how they're Tracy, going to do it. I totally yeah. get it, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I understand what you're saying about not getting the practice time and trying to get in rhythm, but sometimes when you have players, this is my opinion, who are injured, the most important thing is to make sure they're good to go for the games. And Mike Williams, since week 14, has been there for every game. So you... You know, and and played well in in those games. So sometimes I think you have to sacrifice some of that practice time just because you have to be there when it counts. Maggie, you ever had a bad back? What's the worst thing you can do when you have a bad back? Sitting on the bench. You need <laughs> yeah. to get out there. You need to get out there and loosen it up. Play a little football, a little pigskin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Playing playing a like a going to. Car, car, car crash collision football. That's always good for a back. Let's go to Randy. Is in California. Wants to talk about Brandon Staley. Hey, Randy, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Uh, just real quick. Um, I'm a Raider fan. Obviously, that's not nothing to be happy about. But back to Staley. Um, for the guy, I don't know his name, defending Staley. What if there was a better coach on that roster since he's been there? How many times would they have made the playoffs? How many times would they have gone far in the playoffs? I mean, there's a window there. You know, Khalil Mack's not getting any younger. Khalil Mack's uh, been there one year. So what do you mean how many times? Khalil Mack has been, as a Charger, he's been to every postseason that he could be. But they've had a great, they've had a, they've had a good roster. Where would they have been if it wasn't for Staley's errors? And I'll let you guys go with that one. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate that. Well, I think they would have been a playoff team last year. Um, you know, 
I, I feel pretty confident saying that if a, maybe if a better coach was, you know, was coaching the team in that winner take all against the Raiders, as I just mentioned from a season ago, they would have been a playoff team. And that would have been, you could have said, either right on time or actually a season early for Justin Herbert. Now we were going into the season being like, all right, this guy's got to make the playoffs. And to their credit, they have. But and, and you know what? They might win this game against the Jags. My question is just, what is this decision-making like? What are these decisions, and how do you defend them when you had nothing to play for in Week 18? And momentum is important, but that's with if players are actually healthy and don't have the injury history of a Mike Williams. I'd feel a little better about that as opposed to a guy who should be sitting basically in uh, behind emergency glass. Well, it's I true. Okay, I'm— Moving beyond this Mike Williams decision, yeah. I look back at, I mean, listen, the caller's saying there's a lot of years where Brandon Staley should have brought the Chargers farther. Dude's been there two years. Yeah, he's been there long. Years. He's been there two years, and he's approved one game despite a million injuries. And by the way, no running attack. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like this, this is getting crazy. People are acting like he's Nathaniel Hackett. Let's go to uh, Keith is in Tucson. Hi, Keith. How are you? I'm doing well. I have to agree with the young lady on this one. This man had the opportunity to do what only Philadelphia and Kansas City could buy. That is what you are striving for. And he threw it in the garbage. Keith, appreciate you. Uh, you cut your 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 phone went just a little bit in and out on that call for me for a second, Perloff. But I I believe he said I'm with Maggie on this one, yeah, no, and no, then no, the car did. and then the call went out. So I love the I think, energy too. He sounded really enthusiastic. <laughs> I think I got the gist of the call. Yeah, no. I listen. If clearly you're on the popular side here, I am. I am like Jon Snow with a sword defending Brandon Sally. <laughs> and I'm not saying he should have played Mike Williams. In retrospect, that was a mistake. Mike Williams gets through that game. I'm not sure we're talking. Everybody on Twitter that day, if you remember, was mad that Justin Herbert was out there, which I admit was a little insane. But <laughs> nobody was talking about Mike Williams until he got hurt. But Mike Williams gets hurt all the time. This is something that happens, Maggie. Probably would have gotten hurt on Saturday. So. I'm really, really not that upset about it. When you look at this game, just to put a bow on this for now, when you look at this game, and we're going to make our picks obviously a little bit later on, but where is your lean right now with Jacksonville and with L.A.? <laughs> well, after all all this defending Brandon Saley, it would make sense for me to pick the Chargers. But, oh, no, I am all about Doug Peterson. Let's go, Jags. No, I'm leaning Jags. and. Um, I know a lot of the money's coming in on the Jags, too. How about you? My lean is actually also the Jags. Um, but the, I, They're a two-and-a-half-point underdog. And here's the thing about the Jags that I think is kind of interesting, right? They've won seven of their last nine. And the defense has been holding opponents to, like, basically seven or eight points a game. But then you look a little bit closer, and who are they playing in that span? Oh, the the Jets, yeah. Houston, <laughs> yeah. Tennessee. It's like, I want to believe that the Jags' defense has really taken this step forward and that they're going to, you know, really be able to, I don't know, you know, contain Herbert and contain some of their explosive plays. But then when you look a little bit closer, I don't know. I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair, and it might be one of those, like, when Josh Allen and Mahomes play, like, who has the ball last? Did you also know this? I didn't realize until I read it, Perloff, that Trevor Lawrence has seven fumbles since Week 9. That's the second most among quarterbacks in that span. Now, there's been a couple high-profile fumbles he had. You know, the big giveaway against Dallas. Now, the Jacksonville ends up coming back and winning that game. 
game, a couple, and one against Tennessee. But I was surprised that Lawrence has been was that reckless with the ball. He's got to make sure that you know when he gets scrambling sometimes and he's trying to make a play. The most important thing is obviously hanging on to the football, and Lawrence has had some issues with that. By the way, the Chargers defense has been on fire too. They Lately. have. But look who they've played. Russell Wilson, they let up a lot of points. Week 18, you said it doesn't matter. Then <laughs> They beat up the Rams 10 points, the Colts 3 points, Tennessee 14 points, Tua 17 points. But they've been really hot too. So I, I kind of, I'm surprised if you, you think it's going to be a Justin Herbert, Week 18, Derek Carr shootout. I, I think it might be more conservative. It might be a little slower. Because the defenses are playing well, I you're exactly right. You can't judge off beating the Colts, but I don't know. I, I watch that Jacksonville Tennessee game closely. I don't feel like they're explosive right now. I feel like they're really driven by their defense. So I'm I'm go, I'm opposite you on that one. How about this? Between the Chargers and the Jags, both have played six playoff teams this season. What do you think the records against playoff teams are for both of these teams? They've both played six. Well, I mean. I'm sure the Chargers lost twice to the Chiefs, so uh, let's see, six. So the Chargers are probably two and four. And One Jag- and five. What are the, yeah, but which playoff teams? Well, I don't. And the Jags are three and three. It just gives you a little idea against the better competition because, you know, we talk about all the time these great stats, but oh my gosh, who are they playing? But if you just want to know the straight up records against playoff teams, one and five for the Chargers, three and three for yeah. the Jags. And did the Jags blow out the Chargers earlier? And the thing that was is a big that, win for them, but it was early. Yeah. And the, the, the problem is if you look week to week at the Chargers roster, it was all over the place. I mean, you did not know. Obviously, started with Rashawn Slater going down. This is not that great roster you think it is we got mike waving to me what's going on uh well actually i was trying to uh, <laughs> i lost i lost uh my train of thought i was actually trying to wave at ack but hello <laughs> but maggie i don't know we got breaking news over here i was gonna let mike share it. i thought that's what you were waving about yes i can share that or i could just tease it ahead that sean mcveigh has made his decision and we can oh. find out what his decision is coming up next. Which, oh, is yeah. why, which is why I didn't see him waving at me, because I was typing it. Yes. But, but I appreciate that, though. <laughs> Wait a minute, guys. Okay, out with it. What is it? Don't leave us uh, waiting. This no, isn't an episode listen. of, you gotta uh, we got to wait till next week. Yeah, so. I'm just curious. So you were going to tease it on the Maggie and Perloff show, knowing full well that Ack was about to say it. <laughs> Mike, I was trying to make sure that first Ack saw it, because it just came down. Oh, is that why you were waving? I was going to say it. Yes. Yeah. We're oh. on the same page. We have that like Aquaman thing with. It seemed like you're on the same page because Mike was waving for a good nine minutes. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's usually happening. Well, no, who's going like, to say? Who's going to tell Maggie what the deal is with Sean McVay? I will tell her. Why not? Because I'm a nice guy. He but, intends to return to, as coach of the Rams, according to reports. Get out of here! Yeah. I'm I'm stunned by that. Wow. I thought for sure his mind was made up that he wanted to take a step back. You want to know what my first thought is? Um, you guys are giving me this on the fly. I bet he was bothered by the idea or that report that was out there that he wanted to step away because he didn't want to be part of the rebuild. Remember that? It wasn't about being burnt out. It wasn't about, you know, other going to broadcasting. It was that he didn't have the stomach for a rebuild. And I bet he's the kind of guy who took that personally. Yeah, I mean, my experience covering sports is the guy who talks about retirement last is the guy who holds on 14 years too long. <laughs> I mean, the guy who talks about it all the time. Listen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. Guys who talk about retirement, who talk about it and don't do it, uh, stay forever. I'll bet you Sean McVay coaches for the next 36 years. Because, In a row. Yeah, and, and by the way, Aaron Donald, he's faking it too. These guys are not going anywhere. 
I, well, I, I do thought like McVeigh your... was retiring. I thought maybe he would just step away and then come back, you know, for a sweetheart deal somewhere else. Yeah, but. that's actually a good point. And I do agree with your logic. He probably did not like that rebuild thing. But there is a draw about being the L.A. Rams coach. I think he loves Los Angeles. So I'm not sure he was going to jump to, say, Tennessee or something like that. That wouldn't make any sense. Wait, here's a question. Is Matthew Stafford, is he 100% back next year? He because... said he was. Yeah, but health-wise, like, is that... He made it very clear that he's good to go. I've seen a lot of updates from him talking about exciting to play. That's the other thing. Was Matthew Stafford, that wasn't a career-ending injury. I mean, he was even kind of questionable this season. Yeah, but it's a back injury, right? Is is it in a neck? Neck back? Oh, yeah, neck back. Yeah, that's something you want to mess around with. You know, I mean, I just... Peyton Manning lost an entire vertebrae and played nine more years. So (laughs) I, I don't think... No, people do Are we not sure Peyton Manning can turn his head from left to right? Probably Is he not. like a Frankenstein kind of thing where he has to like move his whole body to look to the left or right? Yeah, I think the early retirement is such an exception. And if guys talk about retirement, to me, that says, you know, oh, this guy's sticking around. Uh, you know, it's like, this is a totally bad analogy. It's totally good. But people who talk a lot about Sex, for example. Oh. <laughs> are, the, yeah. are the ones who aren't having it? Or the ones who aren't having it. <laughs> That's my analogy That's such for a it. guy thing. The dude who's bragging about all yeah, the yeah, women yeah. that he's sleeping with. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's the guy who's going home empty uh, yeah. every night. <laughs> the, the, the analogy works with retirement. Uh, yeah, that went in the direction nobody was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, though. You always got to be wary of the guy who's bragging all the time. Oh, funny, yeah. funny enough, when women brag about... Uh, having a lot of partners, I tend to believe that woman. <laughs> Generally, I think that woman is telling the truth. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Well, Sean McVeigh. Friday. Uh, he's coming back. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Who's coming with him? Aaron Donald? Matthew Stafford? Do you see Jalen Ramsey said... Uh, tweeted something kind of cryptic, like uh, this might have been it for me, or kind of implying that he thought he'd get traded. I know. That's really weird. If I was picking a player in the NFL to have a controversial tweet, Jalen Ramsey <laughs> wouldn't be on there. Oh, my. Of course, Jalen Ramsey with said sarcasm. that. Yeah, no, but... yeah. Jalen Ramsey cannot go five minutes without saying something controversial. <laughs> I'd love no, him. But... I'd want him on my team, but he is Mr. Controversy. No, but think about it. If this was signaling a big rebuild, Everybody might be, you know, Ramsey. Uh, now you're going to only get trying to get picks back instead of bleep those picks. You got to be like, bleep you. I need picks. Maybe Ramsey could have been available. Maybe I don't know. Some other pieces could have been available. But now, if, if McVeigh's yeah. back, everyone's got to come back. No, I heard someone in the hall the other day saying that Rams should trade Cooper Cup for a hall of picks. Come on, this is not. They're running it back, and they're probably going to be pretty good, which is ironic. But they do have these star players. Maggie and Perloff, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Nice job, everyone, all around with that breaking smooth. news. Super We're, smooth. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a well-oiled machine here. I'm in San Francisco. Perloff's back in New York. And here are more details on Sean McVay from our guy, Rich Ackerman. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Back on Maggie and Perloff. Man, a lot of breaking news today. We just found out Sean McVay will stay with the Rams. Mike Williams out for the Chargers. Lamar Jackson, by the way, if, I don't know if you saw the note, Maggie. He's officially out for the Ravens. Although his <laughs> bizarre injury update last night <laughs> sort of implied that. But now, now it's official. Nobody wants to see these backup quarterbacks, but it is happening. And to me, Maggie, that's why... The Giants-Vikings game is now a thing. I think because all the other games around it are not as great, it makes it even better. I'm fascinated by what's going to happen here. Why, just because the quarterbacks are healthy? Well, (laughs) yeah, the quarterbacks are healthy. Two starters? It's going to be a close game. It's two starters. There's a lot on the line. I mean, the Vikings are so fascinating. (laughs) Their record's 13-4, and and they have a negative point differential. Nobody thinks they're good, and they have this great record. And the Giants are also have a good record, but nobody seems to think they're good. So somebody's got to come out of this game being good, right? It's going to be a referendum on something. Let's go to Vincent. Is in New York wants to talk about it. Vincent, what are you thinking about this game? How are you feeling about it? Oh, hey, Maggie, what's going on? Uh, I'm feeling good about it. And you know, um, you know, for the Giants, you know, especially Dexter Lawrence, you know, I'm sure he'll be, you know. In the face of Kirk Cousins, you know, he actually led the team with 28 quarterback hits, you know, and, and seven and a half sacks. And, Made second you know, team just... all pro, Vincent Dexter Lawrence. And uh, I know you'll appreciate this. Uh, a Dave Gettleman draft pick that hit. And, you know, the thing is about Dexter Lawrence and about the Giants. Uh, defense and their pass rush. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau could eat in this game. And that's the one thing about the Vikings pearl off that's been crazy. Their offensive line has really taken some hits. That yeah. is a banged up unit. And if Kirk Cousins gets forced into some bad decisions, no Justin Jefferson, you know, he's even not going to be able to bail you out. No, it's been a disaster. I, even getting plays off has been hard with their third string setter. And last game, the Giants punished him, as the caller pointed out. The other, on the flip side, too, Daniel... Vincent, thank you for the call. Yeah, Daniel Jones had the game of his life against the Vikings. I mean, I don't even know who that was against the Vikings. Uh, I know the Vikings won, but he had huge numbers. He had, I'm looking at him now, he had 334 passing yards. I'm going to assume that's... Oh, no, he had against the Lions, he had 341. Close to a career high. The Vikings, anybody can pass on them. So this matchup, there's a lot of reasons, I think... Despite the record, you look at the Giants and say they have a real chance here. I gotta feel like this is one of those things where we talk about this a lot in sports and football, but everything about the eye test versus the numbers, right? And Perloff, you're kind of a numbers guy and, and more of a numbers guy, and I'm more of a kind of eye test person. And the Vikings are like the perfect team kind of for this. Not that they've been so good on the eye test, but if you just look at the record, they've been good. Yet every numerical evaluation of the Vikings shows that they are one of the worst teams in the NFL. It's kind of hard to square. It's like they've won 13 games, yet the advanced numbers will tell you they are a bottom five team in the league. How is that possible? And it kind of feels like... You know, whatever happens in this game is either going to, you know, back up the the analytics crew, or if they win somehow, and if they win convincingly, then now it's like, no, 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 record matters. You know, this was actually a good team the whole time. Well, I, the problem, though, is the Giants have the same exact issue. They have an even worse point differential than the Vikings. Both teams have, have this, they're mirror images. They both start off games really slow, then they have these fourth quarter comebacks, a lot of analytics guys say, you know what? Those comebacks and those close wins, 
they even out over time. Yeah. Eventually, those numbers are going to catch up to the Vikings. And the, like this, luck. It's like, like luck. they're lucky. I yeah, mean, yeah. the problem is how many close games did the Giants won, too? Uh, except for the Vikings game. But I, I think that they're very, very similar where you can look at a lot of analytics and say these teams are not elite playoff teams. Well, I mean, you want to know about luck evening out. The Giants started the season seven and two, and they're two five and one down the stretch. Yeah, like that's the evening out. We kind of knew, but again, like to me, the Giants. This is all bonus for them. This oh, is totally. a team nobody or very few people, I would say, predicted that they were going to be a playoff team, and you thought. New coach, new general manager. They didn't pick up Daniel Jones's fifth year option. Everything is on the table in terms of the future of this team and how different it could look. And now, to be honest, I think it's going to look really quite the same next year. You've got, I bet Daniel Jones comes back. I think Saquon Barkley could be back. Maybe use the franchise tag on him and try to get a deal done with with Daniel Jones. And then you have a defense who has all these up-and-coming pieces like Thibodeau, you know, and guys who are, you're starting to see the building blocks here. Yes, but you could also say there's sort of this limbo thing holding over them. Like, they bring back Daniel Jones, they might not have a top-ten court. If they pay him and commit to him, he threw 15 touchdowns in 16 games this year, Maggie. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. He had nobody. He was passing to nobody. I mean, come on. It was his best best year. <laughs> He's been it's four years in. It's, you know, you, this is your guy. Can he bring you to a Super Bowl? And if not, then what, what are you doing? I think, I think before this season, nobody would have thought that Daniel Jones could be a winner. But the combination between him and Dayball, and to his credit, Jones, that is, he really has cut down on the turnovers. I mean, it was ridiculous at, at the rate that yeah. he was not only throwing picks, but fumbling. And, you know, he's kind of got that thing that everyone seems to be looking for right now in the NFL when it comes to QBs, which is guys who are big, have big arms, and can run. Mm. And he keeps, you don't think, I mean, listen, I, mean, I know I think, Bryce Young's going to be the number one overall pick and he's small, but I think that's what teams are in a perfect world. I think that's what they want from young QBs now. I think they're worried about Daniel Jones' run ratio. I think he. I think they know there's no way. I mean, he was one of the most prolific running quarterbacks in the league. He he's too big. He cannot be out there that many times. I, I don't think. I mean, he's I think, too big to be out there. Yeah, I mean, when you when you're those big quarterbacks, I know Josh Allen has survived by some like you have a lot of leg to hit. I feel like Daniel yeah. Jones is going to get hurt at some time. Yeah, you can't be six four and run out. I mean, Cam Newton got about four years out of it, but he's such a giant target. I think this formula, they're going to look at The Giants are going to look at it at some point and say, you know what, he needed to run for 700 yards this year for us to win nine games. Is that sustainable? Because you have Jalen Hurts who's been hurt, and you have Lamar Jackson who's been hurt, and you have Justin Fields who can't stay healthy. This, I think the whole NFL is reckoning with this idea of my quarterback runs too much, and the Giants are squaring straight at that dilemma. Well, it's interesting because, you know, Jones actually did miss, what, five games last year with a back injury, a, a, yeah. a one that was pretty bad, actually, and caused him to miss the whole rest of the season after he got hit. But that's funny. I think I think teams are looking for it. And the reason why, first of all, the Giants need more receivers or else maybe Jones would have a chance to show off the arm a little bit more. But the other part is they keep so many drives alive with their legs. Yeah, I know, until the quarterback gets hurt. 
Well, I, I, but at the if they don't, they're helping your offense in a way that is, you know, incredible, and and that extension helps your defense too because it keeps them off yeah. the field. I mean, I'm very well aware if your quarterback is fully committed to running all the time, it's great. You're going to win in the short term, especially you know a young quarterback. But do you pay for that, knowing full well the dude's going to get hurt for sure? It is a dilemma. But to be honest, I don't know where else the Giants would look for a quarterback. That is unless. Some of these bigger names and these veteran guys start catch you know catch their eye like a Derek Carr or Garoppolo. Get into all that in just a minute. We got more wild card games to break down. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. It's Maggie and Perloff. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.